confession time on Thursday. I have nightmares. My nightmares all involve me falling to my death, or someone breaking into my house, or me winding up in my underwear in front of large groups of people. Uh, your nightmares are probably seeing me in my underwear in a large group of people. But for University of North Carolina football head coach Mac Brown, his nightmare is roster management in 2022. Buckle up, folks. It's the wild, wild west out there. We'll get into all of that on today's edition of Locked on Tar Heels. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Thursday, February 24th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked On Tar Heels podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Tar Heels your first listen every single day. Don't forget that we are free and available on all podcast platforms. So go find Locked On Tar Heels on your favorite place and subscribe. Today's episode is brought to you by Run Your Pool. March Madness is almost here and Run Your Pool has a better way to create your bracket. RunYourPool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. On today's show, the NBA picks back up tonight following the All-Star break. ESPN has released their latest NBA mock draft and there's not much there for the Tar Heels. But first... On yesterday's show, we talked some about Mac Brown's pre-spring practice press conference. Uh, we talked about things like Sam Howell's replacement, Carolina's new identity, some new offensive things Coach Brown is wanting to do. But in addition to everything else he touched on, the biggest thing that we, as, as followers of college football, and uh, frankly all college sports, need to be able to wrap our brains around is roster management in the year 2022. I, I, I wasn't joking in the cold open. Coach literally said roster management continues to be a nightmare, basically, for coaches now. Roster management uh, continues to be uh, uh, a nightmare, basically, for, for coaches now. See? <laughs> Told you. Why is that the case? Well, let me identify four factors for you. First off is the draft. The draft has always been a thing, right? Student athletes are leaving. In, in college football, you may know that you have to stay three years. There's like an age requirement, and then you can go. But, th but that's always a thing. The, the kids that are going to get drafted, they're going to go. But the, new, the other three factors are all these new things that coaches are having to deal with. NIL is is one of those, right? Like payers are getting played. There's it's it's a mess. There's not rules around it. We're all trying to figure that out. The the other there the third is transfer portal. Uh, that's also new. well the portal itself isn't new, but the one time transfer rule is new, and so that's a thing. And then also COVID uh, hasn't gone away. We're still seeing student athletes transfer often closer to home, things like that. And, and so even if they aren't using the transfer rule to transfer closer to home, the NCAA is just handing out hardships like it's, it's free water or something, and students are able to transfer just on a whim like that. So, yeah, 
this is absolutely a nightmare for coaches, this this uh, trying to do roster management in 2022. And, and beyond just the simple fact of ro- simple, <laughs> the incredibly complicated fact of roster management itself, how in all of God's green goodness, because of that roster management nightmare scenario, do you go about building a program? a sustainable thing. We, we talked about what that looks like some yesterday with, with identity that Coach Brown is trying to create. But my goodness, if, if the personnel is coming and going, what are we doing? How are we trying to put this together? Well, Coach Brown's biggest answer to that and, and what he talked about in that press conference is just, it, it's going to sound simple, but it's so helpful, is the idea of communication. Now, obviously, communication is not the only answer to how you work at building a program, keeping your young men engaged and involved in your team and and not listening to outside voices. But it is probably the chief answer in how you go about doing stuff is you just be a human being and you talk to these young men that you recruited. And so coach says that now you have to communicate more capably and consistently than ever before. I would say that that communication has to happen early and often. Uh, perhaps it's if all of the communication has been with mostly with head coach, right? How do we involve other members of the coaching staff, whether it's positional coaches or support staff or whomever? Like we need to be having touch points with these young men every day, checking in on them. So much of that I would suggest is is building trust building openness with players where we can have real and open and honest conversations. I think Coach Brown and his staff are doing a great job of that, right? Like uh, an example would be last year, they talked so much about issues of race as that was becoming a thing. And, And that's Carolina is having those conversations on a consistent basis. And so building that trust and that openness with your players is key. And that happens through essentially over communicating is what has to happen. Here's an example coach gave in the press conference. He said, with with guys that are going to be NFL guys, his experience is that if someone is going to be drafted at at essentially any point in the draft, first round through all the way to, you know, Mr. Irrelevant on Saturday, they're going to leave. And if they're going to leave, that means we got to figure out as a coaching staff who that is. I, I loved how he said it. He said, you literally just, in in his best Mac Brown drawl, Tell me, man, are you leaving? If so, let us know because that affects the numbers we can offer next year. And so that's just Coach Brown being Coach Brown, right? Just being very plain about it and saying, look, if you want to stay, we'd love to have you. If you're going to leave, great. Go go do what you're going to be able to do. Um, But we need to know so we can know the numbers that we can offer. But back to the communication. Think about this. If you as a coaching staff aren't communicating with your guys, some other school is. Why? Because now these players can transfer without penalty one time. And these schools can offer NIL deals. Um, Are are the coaches supposed to do that? Are they supposed to offer pay for play? Absolutely not. Coach Brown said there's so much cheating going on that coaches can't get involved. But uh, for Carolina, Heels for Life does that and, and so helps out so he doesn't have to worry about it. So what exactly is it that coaches can do? Let me play for you a clip from Coach Brown's press conference where he talks about that. 
What I've been told is that the only thing we can tell a player or a parent is we can explain to them what players on our team are currently, the opportunities they're getting um, and how that works. And that's, that's it. We can't promise anybody any money for play, uh, which just about every transfer I talked to was being offered money. So it was a little ridiculous. Um, but I think that's where we, we've got we've to find an answer here um, to put some guidelines on this, or we'll never see college sports again the way we've seen it. Oof. Do you, do you hear that at the end? It's so good to hear what he's saying coaches can do, but he says we've got to put some guidelines on this or we'll never see college sports again the way we've seen it. Another part of, of all this communication and, and the headache, the nightmare that is roster management is that the transfer portal stays open till June 1st. Coach said that we end spring practice late April and then we've got a month that anybody could still basically just leave because they didn't, you know, they see the writing on the wall in the spring and realize I'm not going to be playing. I'm out. Right. So you have to keep communicating. You have to keep re-recruiting. These are the keys. Talk it, talk it talk it talk to your young men well for me the biggest headache is is this combination of nil and the transfer portal like the combo of that because ultimately you can leave tomorrow for a deal and so in a, in a different way than coach said it you know he's he's worried about college sports deteriorating and and we'll say more about that in just a second but the bottom line for me is that college sports is changing, like it or not, right? There's no getting around that. Pandora's box is open. The toothpaste is out of the out of the tube. NIL is a thing. It's happening. The transfer portal is a thing. And the one-time transfer rule is a thing. And for me, it's one thing if you can transfer and not have to sit out. That's great. It's another thing. It's an, another one thing. If you can get an NIL deal, all of these are great. But the monumental issue, again, is the confluence of NIL and one-time transfer rule at the same time. It is the Wild West out there. As Coach Brown said, you can leave tomorrow for a new school and a new deal. So I'm great with the transferability. I'm great with the NIL. But I want you to hear these words one more time from Coach Brown, and I want you to let them sink in about what's going to happen if we don't get some rules and some guideline and structures around this. This is a nightmare for coaches. It's a nightmare for fans. Let Coach Brown's words be the final word on this roster management conversation. We've got to find an answer here um, to put some guidelines on this, or we'll never see college sports again the way we've seen it. Coming up, the NBA gets back to action tonight, and several Tar Heels are in prime position to make a playoff run. I'll get you updated on that stretch run of the NBA season. But first, let me tell you about our brand new sponsor, Run Your Pool. March Madness is only two and a half weeks away, and that means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for your usual spot, or are you looking for the best? We've done our homework here at Locked On, and we're running our brackets this year with RunYourPool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers four other March Madness game types, like Survivor or Pick X, both of which are fun, super fun in their own way. 
Run Your Pool has options to edit scoring. They offer more intel to make your picks, all the stuff you're not going to find at some of the standard places. So if you've got a business, runyourpool.com can help you take some of that madness magic and play alongside your employees or even gain some new customers. Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you will ever find. And clearly, here at Locked On, we believe Run Your Pool. We believe in it because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. In fact, we're going to have a pool just for the Locked On Tar Heels community. I'm going to give you more info on how you can dive into that soon. So, if you'd like to play against me or against other Locked On uh, personalities for a shot at a cash prize, hello, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends, your family, enter Pure Madness, P-U-R-E Madness, at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. Thanks again for making Locked On Tar Heels your first listen every day. Would love for you to find the podcast on your favorite platform. And if you haven't already, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe and download. Love it. Thank you so much for doing that. As I said, the NBA is restarting tonight, coming back from the All-Star break. They've had some good several days off, and uh, things kick back into high gear tonight with seven games. So, as a reminder, if you you haven't been keeping tabs on Tar Heels in the NBA throughout the season, there are currently 12 Tar Heels on NBA rosters, 11 of them are on on a a full-time contract, and Theo Pinson is on a two-way contract. Justin Jackson has been on and off of 10-day contracts throughout the season, but is not on one right now. So he would be the 13th Tar Heel. Of those 12, seven are in action tonight. The Bulls are playing, and so that's Kobe White and Tony Bradley. Dayron Sharp will be playing for the Nets. Cam Johnson for the Suns. The Trailblazers are playing, but unfortunately, Nasir Little is out for the rest of the season after having left shoulder surgery. Harrison Barnes and the Kings will be in action, and as well will be Ed Davis and the Cleveland Cavaliers. For the other five Tar Heels who aren't playing tonight, they're all playing tomorrow, so you can check them out this weekend. The Mavs are playing on Friday night. That's Reggie Bullock and Theo Pinson. Cole Anthony and the Magic are playing as well as Wayne Ellington and the Lakers and Danny Green and the 76ers. So make sure you check out some of those games, cheer on your Tar Heels, and uh, man, make sure you're watching them down the home stretch. Speaking of that home stretch, what's left of the regular season? Well, you might or might not be aware, but the NBA All-Star break is not right at the midway point. In fact, we're already past that. All the teams have played somewhere between 57 to 61 games, meaning that every team has somewhere between 21 to 25 games left. With the last day of the regular season coming on Sunday, April 10th. So just about a month and a half away from the end of the regular season. What's really cool right now is that of, of the 10 teams that those 12 Tar Heels are on, two, two of the teams, the Bulls and the Mavs, each have two Tar Heels. So of those 10 teams, eight of them are currently in some playoff position. And th- so that includes 10 of the 12 Tar Heels in the NBA are in playoff position right now. That's super cool. 
remember that typically the NBA playoffs include eight teams, but last year they switched to including 10 of the 15 teams in each conference, and that's happening again this year. So teams 1 through 10 all have some sort of playoff opportunity. It's 1 through 6 are in, and then 7 through 10 all have to do kind of a play-in series. We'll talk about that as we get closer. So the teams that are currently in a playoff position, uh, I'll go from the lowest to the best. So the lowest is the Trailblazers are the 10th in the West. The Lakers are 9th in the West. The Nets are 8th in the East. The Mavs, 5th in the West. Cavs are 4th in the East. That's hard to believe for me, but it's true. 76ers are 3rd in the East. Bulls are second in the East, all these teams near the top of the Eastern Conference, and the Suns, number one in the West, number one in the NBA, just leaving everybody behind. It's pretty crazy. And then the only two NBA teams that Tar Heels are on that are not in playoff position are the Kings and the Magic, who uh, the Kings are 13th in the West, and the Magic are dead last in the East. So sorry, Cole Anthony, but you guys are young, got a lot of talent, you're going to get there, just hang tough. One of the players that I'm most excited to watch coming out of the break is Kobe White. Uh, down the stretch before the All-Star break, he had scored 20 or more points in three of his last four games, including 31 in the Bulls' last game before the break. So hopefully he can keep that going. The Bulls have, have made a run to tie up the Heat uh, right at the top of the Eastern standings. And so hopefully uh, they can keep pressing and keep pushing. Kobe White can have a great end of the season. Maybe Tony Bradley uh, getting a few spot minutes here and there. And uh, how cool would it be to see maybe a Bulls and, and Suns uh, NBA Finals? That's not what I'm predicting. I'll give you my finals prediction here in just a moment, but would love to see that. So here is what I think. My take on it. Cam Johnson is about to win himself an NBA championship. He would be the 37th Tar Heel player to do so. Holy cow. And and I shouldn't say the 37th player, the 37th time a Tar Heel would win a championship as an NBA player. That's a more precise way to say it. Now, here's the thing. I know you're like, well, yeah, Isaac, the Suns are by far the best team in the NBA. Like, they're killing everybody. So it's easy to say that now, but... I'm on the Suns because I've been saying this since the bubble. If you remember back to the NBA bubble, like they they blitzed through it. It it didn't ultimately matter because they weren't in good playoff position, but they won the bubble, right? And the the Suns were young. It's kind of like kind of what Cole Anthony and the Magic are looking at right now. This young collection of talent, uh, Devin Booker, this dynamic scorer, all all these different pieces and parts coming together. But I, I really think that they've got what they need and they've just been progressing and that this young core is going to be able to continue dominating even through the playoffs. So I'm going to say the Suns are going to finish it off. Honestly, their biggest hurdle is getting through the West. The It's going should be a blowout whichever West team faces the East in the playoffs. For example, the Suns are 10 games ahead of the best teams in the East, the, the Heat and the Bulls. So my prediction is Suns over Bucks in five games in the NBA Finals. Uh, the Bucks are in fifth place right now in the East, but I think they're just going to ride that experience to the Finals. So I'd love to hear your NBA Finals predictions. Shoot me a, a tweet or, or let me know what your thoughts are on that. 
Well, one of the biggest questions is if any of this year's Tar Heels on the current roster will make the leap to the NBA next season. A new uh, a new ESPN mock draft came out on Wednesday, and it gives us an opportunity to begin evaluating who might leave early for the NBA draft. We're going to talk about that in just a second, but first, let me tell you about Bet Online. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is full go. As we just talked about, the NBA picks back up tonight, Thursday, and Selection Sunday is less than three weeks away. So from all the latest odds and totals and player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs, plus game scores, podcasts, and all the latest news. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net's College World Series Championship odds are out now. Texas leads the way at 15-2. But if you're wanting to put money on the Tar Heels, their odds are 80-1. to So you can uh, grab a great price right there. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. As I said, ESPN published their most recent NBA mock draft on Wednesday. Uh, comes from Jonathan Gavoni and Mike Schmitz. Uh, you've, if you pay attention to draft stuff at all, you know these two names. Uh, Schmitz, you know, because he annoys you during college basketball games. He's that guy that ESPN always shoves down your throat, taking up half the screen while you're trying to watch a college basketball game. He's talking about where various players in that game uh, like he think where he thinks they'll land and, and how they'll translate to the next level and all that stuff, right? You know, you know this guy. It's so annoying. ESPN, just show us the games and talk about them as it's happening. All right, I don't want to get on that soapbox because we'll not talk about anything else. It's so crazy. So this, this mock draft that came out from ESPN on Wednesday is a full two-round mock draft, all, all 30 teams for both rounds. Uh, and if you're good at math, let me test you here, 30 times 2 equals... Very good. 58, you're spot on. No, I'm just kidding. Two, <laughs> 30 teams times two rounds is 60 picks. However, I, I joke, but legitimately, there are only going to be 58 picks in this year's draft because the Heat and the Bulls both violated free agency rules. Clearly, they're hurting from it. They're the top two teams in the East right now, so that's pretty funny. But there will be just 58 picks, and so that's what this full uh, two-round mock draft shows. If you've been tracking with... Um, any any uh, platforms mock drafts this season, you know that there has been a pretty consistent top three, which is Chet Holmgren of Gonzaga, Paolo Banquero of Duke. For for the majority of the season, or at least at the beginning and, and coming into the season, those were the top two. But Auburn's Jabari Smith has just forced himself into that top three. Now to the point in which um, he is being mentioned uh, sometimes above one or both of Holmgren and Van Caro. And so I love seeing it. I love Smith's game. We can talk about that some other time. I, I've been trumpeting uh, get Jabari Smith at this top line or the second pick. Um, Van Caro is phenomenal. Holmgren is, is this unique player that's having a great season for Gonzaga. He didn't start off hot, and so some people came off him. But man, now he is just killing it. And so this mock draft has in order their top three, Holmgren, Smith, Van Caro. Um, and when we start looking at the Tar Heels, though, here's the problem. The highest ranked Tar Heel on this list is no longer a Tar Heel, and that's Auburn's Walker Kessler, uh, who this, this mock draft projects to the Spurs at 18. 
you know what, Walker Kessler? We loved you as a Tar Heel, but flow chart, buddy. Flow chart. You're either a Tar Heel or you're not. And you're not right now. So that's the flow chart. Looking at the rest of this two-round mock draft, outside of Kessler, there are no other current or former Tar Heels. Not Caleb Love, not Armando Baycott, not Dawson Garcia, nobody. So, here's why I want to have this conversation. What does that mean for next year's roster? Does that mean we're going to see Caleb Love back in Chapel Hill? Does that mean we're going to see Armando Baycott back in Chapel Hill for his senior season? Does that mean... Garcia comes back depending on everything going on with his family and and obviously we're all continuing to think of him and what's going on there well for all of them I'd say you ready for this definitive answer it's a solid maybe (laughs) because here's why I say that it used to be you would only leave school early if you were a top two or three pick and then it changed to well you might leave school early if you were a, a lottery pick or then it changed to, well, if you're a first round pick, it makes sense. Go ahead and go early because the money's and the guarantees are there. Or then it changed eventually to, uh, you know what? You're going to be drafted at some point in the first two rounds of the NBA draft. Go. And, and so that's the problem is, is these days, it's so difficult to know what players are going to do, even if they're not showing up in mock drafts because of the variety of professional leagues, the variety of professional opportunities, and here's the bottom line, money that is available. And so because of that, student athletes will leave early, even if they know they're not going to get drafted. There's things like the G League or going overseas to play uh, in a league over there. And so who knows what student athletes are going to do? Here's the other issue, though, is that now with NIL becoming a thing earlier, we talked about some of the negative side of NIL and how it negatively affects roster management. I think NIL is going to be a win for college basketball because some of these players are going to be able to make just as much money on a college campus as they could. I say just as much, maybe even more as they could going on to a non NBA professional league or the G league or something like that, because that money uh, can be whatever they can get, right? It's whatever I can make on my name, image and likeness is what I can get. And so we're so early in that game. We just don't know yet. Do NIL opportunities entice someone like Armando Baycott to come back if he knows that he's not going to be drafted? Do NIL opportunities entice Caleb Love to come back and just make a standout junior year? I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. We haven't been hearing anything out of them yet, and so we're going to have to start asking those questions and start kind of reading between the lines some. And uh, eventually, we'll obviously get answers directly from them as the season winds down over the course of the next month or so. Here, my friends, is the problem. If Baycott, if Love, if Garcia, everybody else comes back, it's going to create a major logjam. And in fact, Carolina wouldn't even have enough scholarships for everyone to come back. Right. So we know that Brady Manick is gone. He is a super senior, doesn't have an extra year. Uh, Leaky Black could come back and use uh, a year of COVID eligibility. The best understanding that we have right now, it's a little bit of a gray area, is that if a player comes back to take advantage of a COVID year, that wouldn't count against the scholarship count. Now, you might or might not know that count is 13 teams uh, that, that aren't on any kind of probation can have 13 scholarships for men's college basketball. 
So if we do some quick math, if everyone returns, if all underclassmen return, so that would be Armando Baycott, Justin McCoy, RJ Davis, Dawson Garcia, Anthony Harris, Puff Johnson, Caleb Love, Kerwin Walton, DeMarco Dunn, Dontrez Styles. That's 10 coming back. Also, there are four incoming freshmen, Tyler Nickel, Will Shaver, who's already with the team, Seth Trimble, and Jalen Washington. Now, if you're good at math, 10 plus 4 equals 14, and that's one more than 13, meaning Carolina would be over their limit. So what does that say? Somebody has to go, right? Carolina can't have uh, all 10 come back, all 10 underclassmen come back, and these four freshmen come in. So whether it's transfer portal or somebody leaving early, or maybe somebody is in a good enough position where they say, Hey, I actually don't need my scholarship. I'll give that up to somebody else. That that's always a possibility. So who's it going to be? That's the question. And that will be the source of many of our conversations over the coming months. Well, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Please go subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow me at Isaac Shade, one S, two A's in Isaac, and there's a C between the S and H in Shade. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to preview the game at NC State for Saturday with the Carolina basketball team. I want to talk a little more about the transfer portal and and some of the things of what it means for player development, because I think that's an important part of the conversation we had earlier. And then I want to give you a little preview, a little uh, overview of what's going on with some of the other Carolina winter and spring sports, because we we haven't really talked about that much. And just want to make sure you're up to speed with all of that, because there's some great Tar Heel sports in action right now outside of basketball. Thanks so much for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every day. And now I want to encourage you to make Locked on NFL Draft your second listen. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts, just like every other show on the Locked on family of podcasts. Thanks so much for spending part of your Thursday talking Carolina sports with me. And remember, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, peace!